from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-Joe Burrow edition. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Chris Rankle. As always, it's presented by Blake, the attorney, Mazin. And, Chris, we got a ton to talk about. Yeah, really. We thought this would be kind of a mini-buy for everybody, that they don't have to play till next week after the Thursday night game. But then, lo and behold, Joe Burrow's out for the season. Uh, the pop in his wrist turns out to be more significant than just a sprain. It's a torn ligament. He is trending towards getting surgery. Skinny, I, we were both in the press conference when Zach yep. Taylor sat down and when he opened he said I'm going to start I thought what was going to come out was hey it's a sprain we're going to take it day by day you know Jake's got to be ready but we'll see where this goes and he just out and said it out for the season and uh, I didn't have that one on my bingo card for the Bengals this year did you? I, I, not on the bingo card but I actually had the tweet ready to go so I was <laughs> I was fully prepared for that I, I you know I, I he looked very dear in the headlights after the game I don't think he knew fully after the game where it was but I think he totally knew it was trending in a tough tough bad direction um, you know I, I was prepared initially for maybe two to four weeks with a sprain but just based on what I had heard and what I knew I'm like yeah I'm gonna get this tweet ready to roll because it's 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 coming down the pike and unfortunately it did um, it's disappointing it's sad for for everybody involved this was supposed to be a Super Bowl year and you know that's the thing that's disappointing is um, you just never know, right? I mean, you never know when injuries are going to occur, when your window is open, when your window closes for a short period of time. Now you've paid the quarterback, and rightfully so to some degree. I'm not a big guaranteed money guy, but I get it. You had to pay the quarterback. But then it hamstrings you in future years from a salary cap perspective. And so you that, that's why teams are so desperate on rookie contracts to try to go win a championship because you've got the most important position if you nail it. You've got that guy under a controllable contract, and you can do it. And they they have. You know, I, I've seen a bunch of stuff on social media and other places about, you know, the offensive line. You know, they got to get it right. Listen, they've tried to get it right. They signed Ted Karras. not Karras. for lack of they effort. They signed Alex Kappa. I can argue that Cordell Wilson's taking a step back. I'll give you that. But you're not going to have five perfect pieces on the offensive line. Trust me. Can't, go, go watch. Do we, guys, go watch a Kansas City Chiefs game. Go watch one. And watch how many times Patrick Mahomes takes a snap, and it looks like backyard football where he just just takes off and runs backwards because he knows they're coming at him. Watch across the board. Offensive line play is just bad anymore. And I don't know what the reason is. Maybe it's college offenses, whatever. Um, you know, Orlando Brown hasn't worked out the way I think everybody hoped he would work out. But this is they've tried. Who was not excited by the Orlando Brown signing? Who? Tell me one single person that went, oh, that was a stupid sign. No, it was a great signing. It hasn't worked out great. He hasn't played great. All those things. But they've tried to do that. And I don't know if it's the offensive line that got him hurt or it's just a freak thing where a big defensive lineman lands on you. You catch your wrist. It hurts. You didn't think it was hurting that bad. And then you try to throw another pass, and you did. And at that point, the thing went snap, crackle, pop, and it stinks. It really does. It, it, this, Like you said, so much hype around this team. They were finally getting going. It felt like they turned yes. the corner to the point where you go, you know what? Not a lot of people are talking about the Bengals, but they might come marching right back to the Super Bowl. I don't, I'm going to bring this up, and don't hate me for bringing this up, but I'm going to ask the question for discussion's sake. Four years, four injuries you can point to. Are we going to start thinking that Joe Burrow is injury prone? Because I know you and I have started when we were in training camp, like, is the moment coming where he goes down, where yes. something happens, and, and sure enough, the calf, and now the wrist, and it's kind of just in the back of your mind, there's just going to be a moment you expect he's going to miss some time. Yeah, and, and the goofy part is, I mean, really, until now, the only time he missed in games, he's missed training camp time, was after the ACL. 
Um, you know, he missed the game of the Cleveland game in 20, whatever that was, 2021, because they sat starters. So that wasn't injury related. Played all the games last season, played all the games up till now. It's been weird because it's been mostly camp time that he's missed with all these different injuries, the, the appendectomy, um, the calf, uh, you know. It, last year, don't remember, he, don't forget, he got hurt and played through the, the, the throat. He, That's right. I forgot the, about the throat. the throat. The pinky. I mean, there's been, I mean, if we did a game of operation, I mean, Joe Burrow would have a bunch of different parts you could play the game with, unfortunately. But he is also as tough as they come. Uh, but to your point, I, I, I've had a couple of friends of mine that don't think that's a fair question. I do because now it's a c- accumulation of things. And so it's like, all right, what is next for this guy, unfortunately? And, and I think it's the nature of the position. There are so many quarterbacks in the league across the board that are hurt. And that's where you just don't know. And, and I know everybody's like, well, you got to get the backup right. Do you think the 49ers really thought they got the backup right when they had Brock Purdy? Do you think they knew they had it right with the Mr. Irrelevant last guy in the draft? Or did they just luck into that guy being good? And that's where maybe you luck into I think it's the point. Uh, you know, I, listen, if you have – this is the funny part about this league. If you have two quarterbacks, you know what you got? You got none. So, you know, <laughs> hey, in Cleveland, do you think they think that, that, that uh, DTR is really the long-term answer, that, that he could come in and succeed? They have no idea, and they still don't after today. God love me, let a game-winning field goal drive and all those things, but they still don't know. And then you get the, well, could have got for, what about Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs is a journeyman for a reason. It's cool what he's doing. There's no question. It's fun to watch what that dude is doing, and it's such an interesting story. But there's a reason you're on your seventh team this year. Is it seven? How many? Five? I, it's, I can't it's keep a track. bunch. I mean, yeah. he started in one place. He's been in five <laughs> others, it feels like. But he's been around this league for a while. There's a reason for those things. Baker Mayfield was a number one draft pick, right? And he's bounced around this league. Fourth team, I think Tampa Bay's fourth team. So you know, it's it's don't don't point the finger at the Bengals for oh they needed to get a better backup quarterback. No, there's none better out there. Don't give me Carson Wentz or one of these hacks. There's a reason Carson Wentz is still on the sidelines. Nobody wants him. Don't give me Joe Flacco. Nobody wants him. He's washed up. So listen, the only thing you can hope for is that they prepared Jake Browning. As I mentioned, in another, he, he talked the other night. It was great. He said, I'm delusionally optimistic about how good I can be and about winning games. And he really is a confident guy. We're going to find out if it works. And if it doesn't, that's not on the Bengals. That's just on the NFL. It just is hard to have a quality backup quarterback. It's hard to have a good quarterback at yes. that. And you talk about the element of luck. How many number one draft picks that you get the team's luck into the number one pick because they're terrible. Hello, and there, hello, and there isn't Bryce a Joe Young. Burrow there. How's Bryce Young yeah, working exact, out? Exactly. So there, there's, it's football. There's an element of luck. There's an element of chance that comes into this. I do agree it's too early probably to say injury prone. Though I no, think it's I think it's, a, I think it's, I think I think it's a legit it's, question. I mean, again, it is a legit hang question. On, pinky, though. throat, knee. He actually hurt another knee and played through it. Um, right. uh, now we've got now we've got wrist. I, it, I mean, it's 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 different body parts, unfortunately. But that then leads you to go, okay, is it going to be a re-injury of a, the same body part, or where are we going next? But I think it's also the nature of that position, for goodness sakes. I did have a former Bengal say a few years ago when the Bengals were on their way to the Super Bowl run. And Burrow was getting hit all the time and getting sacked all the time. And he said, watch as his career goes. So when you're 25, yeah. you bounce right no back doubt. up. Everything's fine. But the more hits you take, the older you get, the less you start bouncing up. So, I mean, we've talked about the offensive line. They've tried. They've invested to their credit. Uh, the only thing you could really do differently was take Penny Sewell maybe instead of Jamar Chase. Sure. But then you don't have Jamar Chase. Right. So, I mean, what are you really doing here? So. I think the offensive line going forward is going to have to be – they have to take a good, hard look at the guys they have. And 
I mean, maybe invest a little more in the backups or something. Yeah, I, I well, don't know no, what more you can do, but that clearly still anything. needs to be an I, issue. I honestly don't. And I've been a big believer of going the free agency route for, for offense. I want guys with proven NFL tape. Alex Kappa had proven NFL tape. Ted Karras had proven NFL tape. Orlando Brown had proven NFL tape. Those are three guys you signed to make this line better. And then people have screamed, well, go draft line. Well, they did that. They drafted Cedric Obwehi and Jake Fisher. Today, Billy one, Price. Can't forget Billy, Billy Price. Price. So today, actually, to your point, I like the I like the right smile. To your point, one of those guys should be your starting left tackle. One should be your starting right tackle. One should be your starting center. And they're not because it's just a. This is literally NFL or drafting college lineman. Did I draw snake eyes or did I roll seven? I mean, that's literally where you are with this. And so, I can't point the finger at them for that. I. I I'm disappointed Alex Kappa's taken a step backwards, it looks like, and maybe it's because of the injury from last year. I don't know why that is. In fact, you know, I wrote a, I write a prediction column. I wrote it right before the season started, and I tried to do a, a breakout player on offense and defense, and there weren't a lot of candidates on offense, right, because is T. Higgins going to break out? Is Tyler Boyd going to break out? Is Jamar Chase? I mean, they are what they are, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. So I went, oh, Google, Alex Kappa's going to make the Pro Bowl. And I wasn't the only one. A couple other people that on the beat wrote something similar because it felt like, boy, he was really good before he got hurt, and boy, what a step forward. So, again, some of this is just weird. It's the NFL. It's you don't know one year from the next. Guys progress. Guys regress. And there's no way you know that until you see it in action, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, where are we? Well, you're in a bad spot at the moment. Jake Browning's going to be the guy to have all the hopes and dreams of Bengals Nation on his shoulders. I did think it was interesting when we talked to him. Was uh, Friday. Friday? Yeah, Friday. Friday and in I the talked to him after the game, so yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, but I was in there for that one. I too. can't keep my days straight I'm with these you. short Trust weeks. Me, I can't uh, either. So when we talked to him on Friday, the guy's got a lot of moxie. Yes, he's got a lot of confidence. Uh, I didn't think he played terribly against what was a good Ravens team, and I don't think you can count that performance because. I mean, it's like the air of the balloon popped yes. after Burrow no went question. down. I, I mean, no question. It was going to take a minor miracle for yes. them to win that game after Burrow goes down. I mean, the guys just got to be great defense. against the great defense. Yeah. Yes. The guys just got to be good enough. Yes. And it would help with healthy T. Higgins. It would help with Jamar. I think he's back to just about 100%. And you know what else would help? If the defense played up to par. I think that would that's be another the one. story. So shame on me two weeks ago. Um, coming off the, the fourth straight win of the winning streak, and I'm drawing a blank. It wasn't the Frisco game. It was whatever the game after that. You know, they, they, they went through a really good stretch defensively. They gave up some yards. They gave up a bunch of garbage yards at the end of the first half of the Niners game, and late in that game, uh, they gave up 460 total, but literally I think 120 of those came in garbage time in both halves. But they had started to really look like come back to the Bengals' defense of old, getting stops on on red zone, getting turnovers and takeaways and all of those things. And it felt like, okay, this D, and I actually wrote, this defense, it looks like it's ascending back to where we thought they would be, coupled with Joe Burrow being healthy and playing well. This team's now on the right track. Well, the last two weeks, the defense has been awful. And that's the disappointing part. That's where if you're going to have a backup quarterback come in, you can't expect him to get you 28, 31 points. You're just hoping he doesn't make mistakes. He gets you at least when you have short fields, take advantage of short fields, maybe put together a drive or two, get a field goal and a touchdown of that, and get to 20, 23 points, and your defense does the rest. That was the formula in Cleveland today. It was defense is going to hold the fort, and we're not asking DTR to do too much, and he didn't have to do too much until he made some plays on the final drive, and 13 to 10. You're allowed to win games 13 to 10. And this defense has carried this team at times. So now it's back up to them with seven games to go of, 
who are you, what are you, and what level you're going to play at because they need that group to be significantly better. What is the key to that? Because they played so well, and maybe it's a roll of the dice, <laughs> yeah, and it's just doing well. And yeah. It seems like all of a sudden, I mean, I'm, I'm still having flashes of Zay Flowers just sitting in the yes. middle of the open field, catching and running for 30 yards. Uh, the same with Tank Dell, the same yeah. with Noah Brown. It seems like they've found some sort of fissure in that back end of the defense, which we thought they were playing really well. Cam Taylor-Britt's on his way to a Pro Bowl season. Uh, I know DJ Turner had some problems, but I, I mean, I'm kind of lost for other than maybe more pressure on the quarterback, but they've been okay at that this year. I mean, what what is it? It's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know if I can specifically point to the last two games and say the reason they weren't good, especially against the run, was Sam Hubbard. But I go back to talking to Lou Anarumo last Monday where he said that guy is irreplaceable. He's irreplaceable because he's always in the right spot. He's irreplaceable because he can tell guys where to line up. He, he's irreplaceable because you're never going to get him not setting an edge. And maybe it's it's not as simplistic as one guy always, but that that's a part of it. He's a big part of that. No offense to Nick Scott. Nick Scott has not been very good at the safety position. I mean, he, he hasn't tackled well. He's been in spots to tackle and gotten juked out or just come downhill too fast. Um, and I think to your point of that in-between zones, um, you know, some of it is, you know, maybe linebackers aren't getting enough depth or maybe, again, the safeties. And, and that's where you are missing more than I thought Von Bell and Jesse Bates. It goes back to, though, you miss them, but you couldn't pay them. So that's where we are with that. But, um, yeah, it's a great question. I know the tackling has been just atrocious for the most part. It got better during the four-game winning streak as it went along. Last two games have not been very good. Uh, you know, but, again, there are parts on that defense that you love DJ Reader, love Trey Hendrickson, love Sam Hubbard, love the linebackers. To your point, Kim Taylor Bitsbrenn off the charts, you know, Pro Bowl-like. Um, DJ Turner said good moments. Cheeto, I thought, played a little bit better the other night as he tries to come back from the injury. I, I can't ask 11 guys to be great. I can ask, you know, five guys to be great and six guys to be serviceable, and they have that. They are the sum of their parts. But for whatever reason, the last two weeks, it has been a disaster. All right. Give the people some hope here. Last odds I saw, 27% yeah. for the Bengals still to make which the playoffs. Which is pretty good. Which is pretty good. You look at the schedule, take the next four games. Realistic to say, I, I think at least three and one, yeah. they could very easily, the Jacksonville game is going to be tough. But Jacksonville's also not a juggernaut. No. I mean, you could easily and win that game. they've stumbled at home. It's weird. I, mean, I don't think they're going to overlook the Bengals on a Monday night, but they've right. stumbled at home. and. You know, for them, they haven't been in these primetime moments very much, right? They just haven't. Uh, it is a playoff team from last year, and it's trending towards a playoff team this year, so that tells you their talent level. But, yeah, three of the next four at home. Um, three winnable games, in my opinion. Pittsburgh, uh, you know, then, then uh, Minnesota after the, uh, after the Monday night game, and then Indy. And if you somehow go steal the Monday night game, which I don't think you do, but if you go three and one in the next stretch of games, sitting at eight and six, you do have a tough game, you know, road game Pittsburgh, road game KC, Cleveland at home. You still have a fighting chance to get to 10-7, and seven, and that gets you in. I don't think 9-8 and eight does because they're going to lose every tiebreaker probably known to mankind because of the AFC record. There might be some head-to-heads that will work out. I'm not going to project that far. But 10-7 and seven still on the table, but it starts this Sunday. Let's see what Jake Browning is in a full-game circumstance. Is it a disaster or is it serviceable to the point where you go, okay, I can see some things coming down the pike where they can hang around and, and stay in this thing. 
at least he's not going up against, you know, a top-ranked defense that's historically no. good with the defensive player of the year candidate on the other side, right? That, that said, though, can Pittsburgh <laughs> score more than 10 points? That's a very good question. Can you get, so, to, thir can you get to 13 with Jake Brown? A little, little give and take. You yes. don't have to put up 30, but yes. also you're going up against a defense that might give up 13. Exactly. All right, final question yep. for you, Skinny. Give me player other than Jake Browning that is the key to the Bengals salvaging the season, making the postseason. Um, that's a great question. I guess I would go with Sam Hubbard because of the last two games have been a disaster defensively and he hasn't played those two. I don't think it's that simple, but is it coincidental or is it really the fact that they didn't have this guy and they got run all over after they started to make some improvements? So I'll go, I'm going to go Sam Hubbard, who is probably the most benign, serviceable guy that's not a superstar, but you miss more than anybody. And again, I go back to Luana Rumo. I was surprised when he answered my question where he said he's irreplaceable. That speaks volumes. I'm going to go Joe Mixon. I think Fair you got point. a backup, backup quarterback. If Mixon can be that Swiss Army knife like we've seen him, I'm, I'm flashing back to that Carolina game, six touchdowns or whatever it was. Maybe Chase Brown. Maybe Chase Brown. <laughs> Get the running game going. That Correct. would be a good, good that would start. Be a good place to start. It's got to be tough against the Steelers. Indeed. He's Richard Skinner. Yep, indeed. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals post-Joe Burrow edition. For Chris Rankle, I am Richard Skinner. It's presented by Blake, the attorney Mason.